Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. This is the NBC Theater. From the NBC Theater in Hollywood, an hour-length drama based on the Joseph Conrad novel, Victory. The adaptation by Ernest Canoy of NBC. At intermission, a transcribed commentary on the writings of Joseph Conrad by the noted radio critic, John Crosby. Here, then, is Victory by Joseph Conrad. my trading brig tied up at the hot, sleepy port of Surabaya, I usually headed for the bar at Schomburg's hotel. The room was dark and quiet, and with a little imagination, it seemed cooler than the steaming streets outside under the Malay sun. Schomburg was a big, bearded German with the manners of an officer of the reserve. He was known through the islands as a noxious ass, but the drinks were well iced, and if you tried hard, you could stand Schomburg for a time. Ah, Captain Davidson. Welcome. Welcome to the hotel. All right, Schomburg. Gin and lime. Yes, sir, Captain. It is always a great pleasure to see you again at the hotel. And we have a great surprise. At great personal expense, I have imported a troupe of the finest musicians to entertain my guests. All girls, Captain. All girls. I heard you. So... Gin and lime. You will stay for the concert tonight? Uh, I've heard those traveling outfits before. I'll lay a straight dollar to a farthing. There's not one female under 40. Oh, no, Captain. There is at least one beautiful girl. English and, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, here's to her. Ah, hmm. A friend of yours came in on the brig with me. A friend? Axel Heist. That Swede <laughs> hailed me from that island of his, waved a sheet on the end of a pole. Verdammte Schwein. What have you got against him, Schomburg? Oh, nothing, nothing, but I tell you among ourselves, between gentlemen, don't you ever get mixed up with that Swede. Another drink? Mm, yes. So, good. You remember Morrison? He got in with Axel Heist. That Swede squeezed him dry like a lemon then sent him home to die. Nobody knows much about what uh, really happened to Morrison. <laughs> that Swede took over Morrison's schooner, squeezed him for every shilling, and then shipped him back to England to die. <laughs> Does the heist owe you for drinks? Drinks? No, that miser. He never even puts his head inside the door of my hotel. Not him. He sits on that island, planning some new swindle. That Swede... <laughs> Knock off, Schomburg. It's no crime not to spend money in your hotel. 
When I picked him up, he told me he lived on Samburan Island for solitude. <laughs> well, if he wants solitude, he'll get it there. Nothing on that bloody island but an old coal shaft and a tribe of headhunters. <laughs> and him turning up his nose at my table d'eau. Mr. Schomburg. Well, by George, he didn't turn it up this time. Hmm, there he is. Mr. Schomburg. I want a room for the night. A room? For the night. Good day, Captain Davison. Have a drink, Heist? No, thank you. Well, Schomburg? Uh, oh, 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 certainly. And uh, you will attend the concert this evening? Eighteen performers, all ladies. I'll see. It's only half a straight dollar. A little good music, good company. I'll see, Schomburg. You'll excuse me, please. I have business at Tesman's bank. Good day, Captain Davidson. Bloody sweet. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. During the intermission, may I call your attention to the bar in the back of the hall. The ladies will play again in ten minutes. Well, Heist, you came to Schomburg's concert after all. Where are they going now? Oh, that's part of Schomburg's bargain. Uh, during the interval, the poor ladies of the ensemble are required to favor the audience with their company and request the more uh, expensive refreshments. Well, I'm for the bar. Join me, Heist. My cigar will do. That must be the English girl still on the stage. Hmm. Certainly the youngest of the lot. Uh, she won't be on the stage long. Uh, there goes Schomburg. Well, when the din overcomes you, Heist, you'll find me at the bar. Excuse me. May I sit here? Of course. Excuse me, but Schomburg pinched your arm just now, didn't he? Oh, we're supposed to go out into the hall in the interval. But he hurt you. It wouldn't have been the first time. Supposing he did, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I'm grieved to say that I don't know. But can I do anything? Whatever you wish, pray command me. Command you? Who are you? I'm staying at the hotel a few days. Oh, please, don't try to interfere. Oh, is it your wish that I leave you? Oh, no. No. I... He only pinched me because I, I didn't get down here soon enough. You play the violin, don't you? Yes. Do you sing as well as play? Never sang a note in my life. I don't remember that I ever had much reason to sing when I was little. Yeah, English, of course. <laughs> what do you think? Why do you always smile when you speak? Ah, my unfortunate manner. Is it objectionable to you? No. I haven't come across many pleasant people in my life. How did you get amongst this lot here? Oh, bad luck. What town is this? Surabaya. Surabaya. <laughs> I never even heard of it. You might go to the British Consul. He would send you home. I never heard of that. Who is he? What can he do? He is a representative of your country. He might arrange your passage home. Home? What would I do when I got there? Look, you do something. You're a man. You brought it up. What did you want to talk about it for? I don't care what it is, but you do something. Oh, no. well, what did you mean, then, by saying command me? Oh, all right. All right. I'm not rich enough to buy you out, but I can always steal you. 
Oh, no. <laughs> you get away now. Schoenberg is watching. You try to smile as you go. Oh, do, do you mean you'd really do something for me? You really would? I said I would. Go on now. The music is about to begin. <laughs> making fun of me? I've been a serious person all my life. I believe you. It's the way you have of speaking as if you were amused with people. But I wasn't deceived. You'll never be sorry. Quiet. There's someone moving in the house. Probably Schoenberg. That brute. But I could face him myself now that I know you care for me. You know, there's nothing so lonely in the world as a girl who's got to look after herself. I suppose so. Please, don't throw me over now. You told me you always lived alone, never had a dog even. Well, I won't be in anybody's way if I go with you, not even a dog. You misunderstood me. Then what else did you mean when you looked at me so close? Close? Did I? So close as that? What did you expect to find? Oh, I know what sort of a girl I am, but all the same, I'm not the sort men turn their backs on. But I... I don't understand you. You're, you're not like the others. Give me your hand. Oh, I'm dead tired. I've told you I'm not rich enough to buy you out, so I shall steal you away as soon as I can make arrangements. Oh, I... I shall kiss you, if you like. I don't even know your name. Don't you? They call me Alma. Oh, how I should like to forget everything that's gone before. Oh, would you? Mm. That's not forbidden. I never wanted to forget anything till you came up to me. But I I don't even know what to talk to you about. Don't let it trouble you. Your voice is enough. I'm in love with it, whatever it says. Why did you ask me to smile when I left you? Schomburg was watching, and a smile is the best of masks. That was the first time for years that I'd really wanted to smile. Yes, you do it most charmingly. It astonished me. I thought of it after I left you. made me restless. The smile did all that. If you had not smiled as you did, perhaps I should not have come out here tonight. It was your triumph. What's he done? Run off with your cash box? My cash box? <laughs> Look here, Captain Davidson. He ran off with a girl. What? <laughs> Heist run off with a... Oh, no, he couldn't have. Oh, go ahead and laugh. 
What do I care for the girl? The girl is nothing to me, no. But my reputation, that's it. My name is a hotel keeper. That vagabond, that swindler, that, that Swede. It became a recognized entertainment to go and hear Schomburg rave on about heist. <laughs> it was a more successful draw than any of the concerts he arranged, and there was never any difficulty in starting the performer off. And so it ran until one morning a guest arrived by mailboat. You are Mr. Schomburg. At your service, sir. I shall require a room. This is my secretary. He will have the room next to mine. We can manage that easily, sir. There's my servant outside. Is there a boarding house near the port where he can be lodged? Well, uh, uh, there's a place run by a Portuguese half-caste. That'll do. He's a strange fellow, my servant, but valuable. Alligator hunter. <laughs> Funny trade. So? Many people in the evening at your place? Mm, Twenty, thirty, more or less. There ought to be more, but people don't seem to want good living. Now, in Bangkok, Yes, I... yes, 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 I'm sure. You have no women in your hotel. Women? No, only servants. Well, they must keep their place. I can't stand women near me. They get in the way. And uh, uh, what name shall I enter in my book? My name? <laughs> oh, Mr. Jones. Plain Mr. Jones. A gentleman at large. And this is my secretary, Martin Ricardo. My servant is called Pedro. Do you want any more of our history? Oh, no, 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 sir. Mr. Jones and Secretary. And you will please arrange for Pedro. Naturally, I'll pay his board. Ricardo, bring in the trunks. Schomburg. Ah, yes, Captain. Another drink? I've got a little tip for you. Somebody turned in a report. It seems there's been some mysterious going on in your back room at night. No. Gambling is against the law, Schomburg. Shh. Please, Captain Davidson, do you want me to lose my license? I am just giving you a tip. It's those two, that Mr. Jones and his secretary. Two weeks now. I've got to get rid of them. Mm, that would be wise. I'll pack them off. Overbearing swindlers, I'll tell them off right now. I'll have them out of here so fast. Excuse me. Be careful, Schomburg. They're tough. Oh, damn them. I'll tell them. Come in. Ah, mine host. Uh, <laughs> good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, Tiffin bell will ring in five minutes, gentlemen. Thank you. Mr. Jones, I must ask how long you intend to stay here. What's the matter? Don't you like to have people in your hotel? What's the matter, Schomburg? I don't want any scandal in my place. That's what's the matter. Fred, you can't help yourself. Here we are, and here we stay. I shouldn't try to put us out if I were you. Hmm, Martin? Hmm. Not good for the elf. You don't think by any chance you're dealing with ordinary people, do you? Mr. Jones is a gentleman, he is. Why? I wasn't thinking of that. Of course I am. But Martin attaches too much importance to a social advantage. What I mean is that Martin, quiet as he is, would think nothing 
setting fire to your establishment? Come, come, gentlemen. This is very wild talk. Oh, but you see, we are not tame people. Look, gentlemen, be reasonable. If the police find out there is gambling, they'll close me up. Then let us see that they don't find out. That will be all. You may go, Mr. Schomburg. Mr. Ricardo! Uh, Mr. Ricardo. Take a card. Go ahead. That's the king of arts you got there? Yeah, right. I, uh, I suppose you are fond of cards. Mm, yes. On the way of it, playing for tobacco in the forecastles of ships. I was a sailor. Take one. Seven of spades, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Worked up to be mate. Yep, I was mate of a yacht when I left the sea to follow him, Mr. Jones. You were shipmates? Yes, yeah, sailor. It just shows your ignorance. But I'm an Englishman. I know a gentleman by sight. I spotted him from the first day on that yacht. And uh, he talked you into leaving a good berth. Didn't need to talk me over. He says to me, I'm packed up. It's about time to go. I let him know I was game for anything, from pitch and toss to murder. That's the sort I am. I don't care what I do. He sends me down to get the captain on deck while he goes below. Then over the side into a boat and away. And you know why? Because the boss had the skipper's cash box tucked under his coat. A common thief? Oh, gone. Fancy a mud turtle like you trying to pass an opinion on a gentleman. Gentlemen aren't sized up that easy. I've learned some. I've had that skill in it you couldn't tell by my face if I meant to rip you up the next minute. As I could do with a knife up my trouser leg. A knife? Just watch. You couldn't guess the damage a fella could do with a sharp knife under the table at a card game. You mean you left a steady job and good pay for a life like this? That's just what a man like you would say. I follow a gentleman. Work be hanged. I ain't a dog walking on his hind legs for a bone. I'm a man who's following a gentleman. Isn't it precarious? Every man gambles. It's nature. Like smoking a cigar, drinking, not that I do, never could. Whiff and eat brandy in a glass makes me sick. And after roaming all over the world, you stick at this miserable business here? Mm. This isn't much of a place, and that's a fact. Now, the governor is subject to fits of laziness. No moving him. Martin, he says, I'm bored. Then look out. <laughs> if only I had something to lever him out with. That's another thing you can tell a gentleman boy, is freakishness. He ain't accountable to nobody. Now, there's no telling how long he's liable to stay here. Suppose, suppose I were to make it worth your while to move on. Couldn't you... No, I couldn't. Not unless I got something to interest him. I could uh, put you on another track. On the track of a man. Man in the moon. A Swede. Heist, Axel Heist. He's been a swindler for years. Hmm. Swindled the poor Englishman, Captain Morrison. Swindled the whole coal company. I'm the only one who saw through him. A contemptible, dangerous man. Dangerous, huh? You know what I mean. A lying, soft-spoken, stuck-up swindler. Nothing open about him. Hmm. Mind you, he's not a fighting man. Lives on Samburan Island. Alone. 
He's been lying low after bagging all that plunder. Plunder, I How do I know you're not just spinning a bloody fiery tale? You can ask anybody that comes here about that speed. Oh, catch me asking at large about a man I mean to do a job on. He went to the Testament Bank two days running when he was here. What do you think he did that for, eh? A fellow doesn't go to a counting house for nothing, no. Close his account one day and get his money the next. To get his money? What else? What he's got buried or put away on that island, the devil only knows. He's just a common thief, that's all. And he calls himself a Swedish baron. <coughs> he's a baron, is he? Why did he go back to that island for? I, I... For his honeymoon. He stole a girl from here. Hmm. It don't suit me to know there's a woman mixed up. What's she like? Were you carrying on with him? Leave off. Never mind about the girl. Swedish baron, huh? Governor might like that. But a woman... Governor can't stand women. Goes into a blue funk. Well... Hanged if I know why, but we'll chance it. What he down now can't hurt him. It would be a thousand pounds, or even two or three times that. Woman's the trouble. What's in this for you? Hmm? He stole that girl. <laughs> you ought to look at yourself in the glass. Dash me if you don't get a stroke presently. Hey, how do you get to that island, eh? Three days in a good boat. I have a good one. A ship's lifeboat. A child could handle her. The Java Sea is calm now. You might call it a pleasure trip. Oh, I never actually lied to him. Well, I just won't say anything about the girl. He'll have to get over the shock the best he can. Yeah, sure that Swede has all that plunder by him. How can it be otherwise? He was going home. He went to Tessman's. Would he leave it behind? I'll give you good charts. You'll know, Sambaran, there's a volcano. A pillar of smoke by day and fire by night. Then... Then what? Then... Then you will astonish the hell down. <laughs> That's sweet! From Hollywood, the NBC Theater is bringing you a dramatization of Victory by Joseph Conrad. If you're interested in supplementing your enjoyment of these NBC Theater productions with home study under college supervision, be sure to listen to the announcement at the close of this program. Before we introduce our intermission commentator, may we take a moment to express our appreciation to the Southern California Association for Better Radio and Television, who have cited NBC Theater as... Most Outstanding Radio Program of the Year. And now, our intermission commentator, Mr. John Crosby. Three things distinguish Joseph Conrad as one of the great writers of English. First, he was a complete master of his material. His many years at sea gave him intimate knowledge of the sea and of ships and of men. Incidentally, he didn't know women very well. He wrote about them uneasily and in general avoided them. 
In the second place, he wrote the most polished, cadenced musical prose to be found anywhere in English novels. It's rather odd, too, since uh, Conrad was born a Pole and couldn't speak a word of English until he was in his 20s. Another odd thing, Conrad's style, the balance of his sentences, the haunting, evocative melody of his phrases, is not really very English. It's very French in spirit and in construction. Conrad's third quality... And to me, his greatest virtue as a novelist is a complete lack of inhibition in creating characters. He wasn't afraid to contrast the depths of villainy with the noblest of human aspirations, the outermost extremes of good or evil. That's a hallmark of very bad writers and of also of the very best ones. The in-between writers, the -the run-of-the-mill novelists, avoid both extremes. Ernest Hemingway refers to them as the apartment house writers. No one in his right mind could refer to Conrad as an apartment house writer. His life was tumultuous with experience, and so were his books. Victory, which came along in 1915, late in his career, is not the greatest of his novels, that honor going either to Lord Jim or to the nigger to the Narcissus. But it has always been a favorite of mine because it introduced me to Conrad. Its hero, Axel Heist, might be described as a hamlet of the South Pacific. Early in life, Heist's father, a skeptic, a stylist, a man, the author tells us, who was unhappy in a way unknown to mediocre souls, had given his son a total distrust of humans. Through his father, Heist learned to observe life from a distance, to avoid participation, to avoid entanglements. Victory is simply the story of a non-active man, a man who has avoided making decisions his whole life, being forced finally into decisive action. But by that time, it is too late to learn. The consequences are stark tragedy. It is full of fine characters you won't forget in a hurry. Mr. Jones, the effeminate, vicious English gentleman. Davidson, the steamship captain, a man of infinite delicacy. Schomburg, the Teuton, whose soul was the size of a pin. Heist himself, the perfect gentleman. And there is another character. A character that appears in most of Conrad's novels and which no other man could describe so well, the silent, brooding sea. Thank you, Mr. Crosby. Our radio version of Victory will continue from Hollywood after a brief pause for station identification. steamed under the tropical sun. The silence of the surroundings was broken only by the distant roll of thunder, the lash of wind through the foliage of some big tree tossing the leaves of the forest, and the short seas breaking against the shore. The skeleton of the abandoned coal works was buried in the lush grass of two wet seasons' growth. Then out to sea in the blinding glare, a small white speck appeared. Hmm. Sail ho. I don't see anything. Oh, it must be very far out. Some native craft, likely. Oh, it makes my head swim. You don't like to look at the sea? Oh, no, it's too lonely. Oh, I, I don't mean I'm feeling lonely with you. It, it's only when I look at all that water, it seems that everything there is had gone under. The vision of a world destroyed. 
Hmm. Why are you here? Primarily because of my father, I suppose. He was a very great man. He was very ruthless. After listening to him, I... I could not take my soul down into the street to fight there. I started to wander off an independent spectator. A man drifts. One day, I met a cornered man. I helped him, and his gratitude was frightening. He got hold of this coal idea, insisted on taking me in, and at length I agreed. <sighs> Poor Morrison. Morrison? Was he your friend? They called us that. And that partner of yours is dead? Morrison? Uh, as I told you... No, I... you never told me. I thought I did. If you heard the name before? That's oh, impossible. I didn't know then he was your partner. They were talking of you, but I didn't know it. Talking of me? Who was? Where? In the hotel. That red-faced beast, he was... Oh, Schomburg. But he didn't know Morrison. Oh, he started shouting. He said that Morrison's partner first got all there was to get out of him and then sent him off to die someplace. As good as murdered him. You believe that of me? Why, I didn't know it had anything to do with you. Well... So that's how the business looked from outside, hmm? <laughs> no, no. Oh, you're, you're not angry with me. <laughs> what made him invent such an atrocity? He seems a stupid animal. How could he say that to me? To kill a man? No, I've never done that. The differences for which men murder each other are the most pitiful to look back upon. Kill Morrison? <laughs> I couldn't even hurt his feelings. He insisted on regarding me as his savior until I was burning with shame at his gratitude. No, I have never killed a man or loved a woman. You should try to love me. Try? What makes you say that? Oh, I, I've done nothing, but you, you've been good and tender to me. Perhaps you could love me for that. Oh, do try. Tuan, Tuan. What's that? It's only one. Tuan, what are they? I saw it. Adrift in the Straits? No, raw. Malay men, huh? No, white men. Three. Impossible. In an open boat? Yes, Tuan. You go back to the house, Alma. I'd better go down to the jetty. An open boat with three white men? What an extraordinary thing. The stretch of the bay was blue and empty under the sun. Far off, the cone of the volcano trailed its plume of smoke into the evening. Then, beneath him, at the foot of the jetty, Heist heard the clatter of oars. A small boat rocked in the swell. Hello down there. Are you all right? Water. All water. water. Have you got water, man? Water, man. Sit down. Right down. Uh, you'll have to help us. Too weak. Climb out. Well, hold on there. There's a water pipe laid to the end of the wharf. Over your head. See it? Oh, I... It taps right here. No, hold on it. It's stuck. I hope it doesn't choke. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you got away. Got away from that boy. I'll teach him to shove himself ahead of a gentleman. Come along, Sage. Your turn. I often do have drunk first. Thank you, Martin. Gentlemen like you love a look at idiots, sir. Are you all right now? I'll turn off the water. 
Ah, all right. We'll have you up out of there in a minute. One. Itself soaking in the air. Isn't that man of yours seriously injured? The whim. Oh, his eyes a lot tougher than any alligator he hunted in the old days. Pedro! Aye, Pedro! Senor. He's all right. You must excuse my secretary. Traveling as I do, I find him useful. Uh, I must thank you, sir. How careful, you're, you're still weak. When I saw a wharf on what might have been an uninhabited island, I thought it was a delusion. I, I, I scarcely believe it now. Uh, we made a mistake, you know, uh, blown off our course. Finding a white man on this island, why, simply amazing. That's what I thought when I saw your boat. May I infer there is a settlement of white people here? Mm, abandoned. I'm practically alone here. We were working a coal mine here. Tracks laid down and all. Mm, fancy. <laughs> These are only the ghosts of what has been. Well, I can give you a choice of these empty bungalows. Oh, that's very kind. This one would be best. It, uh, it was our counting house. Now, I think you can find a couple of camp beds in one of the rooms. Thank you most kindly, sir. Martin? Martin? Uh, uh, I seem to be rather chilled. I... Look, oh. look out. Oh. All right, sir. We'll get you to bed straight off. Pedro, you build a fire. Vamos! Who's that? Oh, you haven't gone to sleep yet. No. I was waiting for you. Wang's not here? He put down the light and then ran out. Ran? To be seen running is a sort of degradation to Wang. He usually just appears and disappears... Did he seem startled? Why? Should he be? I have been. It's improbable, that boat arriving here in that way. I can hardly believe those three exist. And what about me? When you don't see me, do you believe that I exist? Exist? My dear Alma, your voice alone would be enough to make you unforgettable. I didn't mean that. I dare say if I were to die, you would remember me all right... It's while I'm alive that I want to... Never mind. Were you looking for something in that drawer? Yes, you're sure you couldn't have... I've touched nothing in the house but what you have given me. Alma, I imagine it was one. Are you missing some money? No, a revolver. Is there danger? Ah, The real dangers of life, Alma, are not repelled with swords or bullets. Wang has it without a doubt. But why? Shoot and inherit. Very simple. But it's strange. She could have got that revolver for the past 12 months. Well, don't worry about it, Alma. You had best go to sleep. And you? No, I think I shall smoke a cigar on the veranda. I don't feel sleepy. Things have become unreasonable. Unsettled. Well... Good night, Alma.
Martin. Oh, you better, sir. I sleep confound you. Well, there'll be no sleep for me tonight. Hmm? Why not? Because that fellow there can't sleep. He was out there smoking a cigar, thinking. How do you know he was thinking? Might have been anything. Toothache, for instance. That man's got to be talked over, sir. Oh, I don't like him. Seems to be a very self-possessed man. Aye, that's just it. I'd as soon let out some of his self-possession through an hole between his ribs. <coughs> you you think he's suspicious? Oh, I don't see what of. But there he was, doing a think in the middle of the night. A bad conscience, perhaps. That hotel keeper might have been lying. Perhaps he's very poor, indeed. You mean to say, sir, that a man wouldn't beg whatever he could lay his hand on? Oh, no. Now, the thing to do is extract it from him as neatly as possible. And we'd best think of the way to go to work. Come to the pile. Just give us a day or two and we'll size up that hypocrite. Oh, he's artful, he is, and deep. Well, something will turn up for an instant. Without doubt. Well, the first time that sweet gets away from the house, I'll be over there. You're sure you're not bored, sir? <laughs> no. In fact, I'm rather amused, Martin. <laughs> Good, sir. That's the way to talk. little try, eh? No. Oh, you're a wonder you are. You'd shout it out. What a planted this night in you. We'll be friends yet. What are you after? The swag. The plunder your gentleman has been pinching right and left for years. Money. How do you know anything about him? The game of grabs, see? That fat, tame slug of a Schumburg put us up to it. Schumburg? Aye. He wants to pay him off. Are you leaving him and following on a gentleman? You're too good for that sweet a man that rob his best chum. Who told you that about him? Don't worry, I know. Yeah, you and I are born alike, bred alike. You're not one of them tame ones. Now, what is it? Where is it? Where's what? The swag. We must have it, and you'll have to lend an hand. Is it kept in the house? No. Sure. Sure. No, no, that's so. Perhaps you've managed to find out something already, huh? Perhaps I have. Is your gentleman a, a good shot? Yes. Mm-hmm, mine too. He ain't no foreigner. What with your baron, you wouldn't know what's before you. You pile in with us and get your share. Well? Yes. That's good. Now you find out where he keeps the swag. Hmm? Wang! Over here! I'll have one. Oh, my shot like a dog. If I ain't the like... window! Quick! Alma! Why not? What he's got it, you hear? Are you ready for tea, Alma? I, uh, 
I have to wash. I shan't be long. One. Other one. Mem will be ready. I go now. Huh? You go now? Yes. No luck. One man, two man, three man. No luck. What's frightening you away like this? You're used to white men? Yes. No white men. No plenty. You're frightened of them? No. Sick. Very sick. That is great lie. You stole my revolver, didn't you? No, one. No got gun. Look, you see. Not no gun. What's the matter, one? No like. What the devil do you mean? Don't like what? I go now. No like a man. No like. Come in. Good evening, gentlemen. Ah, Mr. Heist. You will excuse me if I do not rise. Fever, you know. I see. I don't believe we were properly informative when we first met. Well, (laughs) I can assure you of one thing. My presence here is no more morally reprehensible than your own. So? We pursue the same ends, only perhaps I pursue them with more openness than you. With them... More simplicity. Did you know beforehand that I lived on this island? What do you want with me? Ah, Mr. Heist. You and I have much more in common than you think. Well, at any rate, I've come to tell you that my Chinese servant is gone. Oh? He's stolen my revolver. Hmm. I wanted to warn you. You mean there's a crazy Chinese loose in the island with a six-shooter? I just wanted to tell you that I'm not responsible for him. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Well, what do you make of that, Martin? Ah, he's made up the story to frighten us. Nothing but his artfulness. I say get the barons on his swag and rip him up. That's the way for him. Your ferocity is positively gross, Martin. You don't even understand my purpose. No, I... I mean to have some sport with him. I promise myself some ex. Well, as long as I'm free to plug him, I'll rip him up whenever I think the time has come. You're welcome to your sport, sir. I shan't spoil it. However, I believe that we'd better get to the bottom of this. Oh, oh, the devil of pretending fever is that you get so weak line of it. Martin, bring Pedro to me. They say? Very little. The tall gentleman pretends to lie abed, weakly. He had a revolver concealed under the sheet. No. I was diplomatist. I should not have done it for myself, but I have you here. I'm not afraid. I don't believe they've seen you yet. He was playing cat and mouse with me. But what could I have done if my pockets were filled with revolvers? Only three months ago I would not have cared would have defied their scandalism as I have scorned all the other intrusions of life. But now I have you. I must lie and cringe for your sake. Oh, no, no. Don't you ever do that. You hate me for it afterwards. Suppose I were armed. Could I shoot those two down where they stand? Alma, I've never pulled a trigger or lifted my hand on a man, even in self-defense. Look, they're making a move. The light flicker. I've seen them all over the world. They have no right to be, but they are. 
They ought to arouse my fury, but I... I've refined that away. Nothing is left but disgust. I can't even protect you. Someone's coming across the compound. You can see the shadows. There isn't even a carving knife, not even a crowbar. And if I had one, could I stand in ambush and smash the first head I saw? Could I? Coldly, with a calm and determined purpose? No, Alma. No, that is not in me. Well. Mr. Ricardo, my dear. At your service, ma'am. I didn't know I should have the privilege of seeing you tonight. You heard from that Chinaman? Nope. Well, so he's loose with a revolver. And you've probably got one, too. Hmm? Well, I don't worry about that. I don't worry about nothing, not since I've been with the governor. You can tell he's a real gentleman, can't you? You people are divorced from reality in my eyes. Governor wants to talk to you. He's the one does all our talking. Suppose I take you over there now, huh? Your man is out there now, isn't he? Pedro? Oh, that was bothering you. I don't want him about. Oh, that's all right. Pedro's no use here. Business my governor is about can be handled with ten minutes' quiet talk between gentlemen. Oh, all right, all right. We'll send Pedro off. Hey, Pedro! Si, senor. You go to the boat. You understand the boat? The boat. Si, senor. Yeah. That's on the square now. He won't budge from the jetty. Oh, you're coming along now, sir. Wait for me outside. Huh? Well, all right. You're a gentleman, and they're fanciful. But don't be long, eh? Alma, I'm going to confront them. Hey, come here. You have a black dress? Yes. You put it on at once. Now, listen. As soon as I leave the house, you slip out the back and run around into the forest. Oh, no, no. Yes, you stay there until you see three candles put out and then lit again on the table. You then come back, for I shall be waiting for you. But if you see no signal by dawn, you run back into the woods over to the Alfuro village on the no, other side of no, the island. I yes. Don't want to. They may shelter you until Davidson arrives with the trading ship. You wait for no longer than dawn, for I shall probably be dead. Good evening, Mr. Heist. Uh, Martin, leave the door open when you leave. It's close in here. Right, sir. Now, I'm a person to be reckoned with, Mr. Heist. Oh, no, no. Don't put your hand in your pocket. You're a much-talked-about man, Mr. Heist. I understand that you prefer weapons of intelligence, but prudence must be observed. You've been covered with a revolver since you entered this room. You've heard of me? Yeah, we've been staying at Schomburg's Hotel... I don't know you. But it's obvious we belong to the same social sphere. Something's driven you out. The originality of your ideas, perhaps, or your tastes. And how do you define yourself? Hi, <laughs> my dear sir. I am the world come to pay you a visit. Or I'm a sort of fate. A retribution that waits its time. Hmm. What do you want? Your money. Oh, no, no. Don't get up, Mr. Heist. 
If you were more observant, you would know that I have no weapon on me. Oh, possibly, but uh, pray keep your hands still. You want your money, Mr. Heist. I have none. Ah, that's not what we've heard. It was a man named Morrison. Morrison? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have heard a lot of lies, take my word for it. <laughs> oh, you mustn't put too much faith in your ingenuity, Mr. Heist. Martin is great at ferreting out such secrets as yours. Oh, pray keep still as you are. I have told you I am not armed. I really believe you are not. Strange. Well, physically, of course, I'm no match for you. You could spring. Are you trying to frighten yourself? Mm. You've been fooled, taken over by Schomburg like a pair of children with a promise of sweets. There is no money here. He convinced Martin. Do you think Schomburg would tell you the truth out of pure altruism? Is that the way of the world, Mr. Jones? He wanted to get rid of us. I was bored. I accepted the bribe. Do you believe him? He told you of me because that girl... Stop. That Stop. He told me of some girl. I didn't listen. There's nothing to do with you. What is this? Do you mean to say you don't know there's a girl living with me here? Here? A woman here? I didn't know. What he did? I kept her out of sight. As a gentleman, you'll know why. He knew. He knew about that woman. He knew it from the first. My God, I shoot him. I... Hear you. Let's call a truce. Have I been making war on you? No, Jones, we don't speak the same language. You're in no danger from me. I am unarmed. Unarmed? Hmm. I tell you what, gentlemen, it's no match for the common herd. I've been taken in by the fellow like a fool. Where's the woman? I place her in safety. Safety? Well, I've none now. I know him. I always knew there'd be this danger. Go and find him now. He's found a woman who want to be rid of me. Come on, come on, come along. The house is all lit up. Martin must be punishing your supply of candles. I left the candles burning to save him trouble. You are an extraordinary man. There he is through the window. Quietly now. He shall want to surprise him. Oi, you're not one of the time ones, not you. Don't come near. Don't you mistrust me. I knocked myself dead tired waiting for this minute. Thinking about you. No, near. I'd taken you by the throat last time I forced you. I shouldn't have known what sort you are. Oh, you're a wonder you are. So am I in my way. I plan, I plot for my gentleman. I'm sick of him. You're sick of yours. Eh? Listen now, sweetheart. Why don't you speak to me? It's my part to listen. Now, where's that plunder? You know? No, not mm. yet. I've had enough of this. It's you what's my treasure. What you want is a man. We are born rovers, you and I. Time has come for them to get ripped up. Them gentlemen are having their last talk together. I'll do for both of them by midnight. I wouldn't be in too much of a hurry if I were you. There is the money. Aye. Aye, sir, there is. <laughs> oh, you'll make a good partner. You will. Sir, you fight well enough bare-ended, but could you stick somebody with a knife like mine? How can I tell? Let me see it. Yeah. Go ahead. Pull it out of the board. <laughs> Feel his balance. Good friend. Eh? I shouldn't think you'd trust me with your knife like that. 
Why not? Listen, when you're going about the world, you'll always call me husband. Yeah? Yes. Well, look at that, Mr. Heist. I ask you to observe the loyalties of our several companions. It's enough to make the earth detestable. Now, if I have to shoot you, you'll die cured. What are you going to do? He's found his soulmate. Mud souls, obscene and cunning. I tell you, we're no match for the vile populace. He would have killed us both. He has no prejudice. He'd have stabbed you and planted the same knife in me. Yuck, Mr. Heist, yuck! He kisses her. Kindly stoop a little. There. Look out, look out, he's coming for the door. Where is he? Come now, where is he? Is that you, sir? Yes, it's oh, me. Oh, that beggar had done for you. I'm just grazed. Where are you? Here I am. Here. Never have let him. Never, never. I suppose he acted from instinct. Women have been provided with their own weapons. I was a disarmed man. I have been a disarmed man all my life. Oh, you mustn't make fun of me now. I stayed behind to save you. To get the knife. I've got it. I've got his knife. Alma. I've got the knife. Alma. I only stayed behind to... Alma, Alma, what is it? Are you stabbed? Let me see. Here. You lie down. I, I didn't mean to disobey. Ah, there's blood. Bullet hole. Oh, Jones's bullet. Give it to me. The knife, it, it's mine. Give it to me, the knife. Knife? Give it to me. Alma, you must stay quiet. It's for you. The knife. Kill nobody. What's the matter with me? You've been shot, dear Alma. I I did think something had struck me. Alma. No more. There will be no more. Oh, my beloved. I've saved you. Oh, quietly, dear. Who else could have done this for you? No, no one in the world. I got his knife for you. You, you will love me now. You will. I will love you. Alma. 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 Gin and lime, boy. Yes, sir. Did you know him well, Captain Davidson? Axel Heist? Hmm. <laughs> Nobody did. I steamed over to Samburan Island on a warning. Somebody heard two card sharpers plotting about it in this very bar. Gin and lime, sir. Hmm. Hmm. I got there after that girl died. Had the devil's own time with Heist. He seems to have had his head upset when he was young. You know what he said then? 
Mm. Davidson, woe to the man whose heart has not learned while young to hope, to love, and to uh, put its trust in life. I think I've got that right. Well, about five o'clock in the morning, the house caught fire. Right down to the ground. Are they sure he's dead? Mm, we dug him out. He and the girl, too. I suppose he couldn't stand his thoughts before the body of that girl. Well, fire purifies everything. Bloody business. Hmm. You should have seen the others. That secretary lying out in the sun, all bloated. And Jones. He must have wandered down to the jetty looking for the boat. But that uh, Pedro had cut it adrift, and it was dark. The water's very clear there. I saw Jones down at the bottom between two piles, with the water over him and nothing but the head and feet showing. Mm. There was nothing to be done there. Hey, gin and lime with a good cargo of ice. Nothing to be done. Nothing. You have been listening to Victory, an NBC theater production of the novel by Joseph Conrad. If you wish to increase your knowledge and appreciation of literature, we suggest that you might enjoy the college-supervised courses now being offered in connection with the NBC theater. For full information, write to NBC Theater in care of one of the following universities or colleges. The University of Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, the University of Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Kansas State Teachers College, Pittsburgh, Kansas, Washington State College, Pullman, Washington, the University of Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Texas College of Arts and Industries, Kingsville, Texas, and Brooklyn College, Brooklyn, New York. You also have a chance to win a set of the famous Encyclopedia Britannica. Several of the universities and colleges offering these courses are giving the Encyclopedia as prizes to the students doing the best work. Enroll in the supervised course, and you may be one of the fortunate ones to win the Encyclopedia Britannica. Be with us at the NBC Theater next week for a dramatization of The Patrician by John Galsworthy, and the following week for a radio version of Tono Bungay by H.G. Wells. Victory was adapted for the NBC Theater by Ernest Canoy. Our intermission commentator was John Crosby, whose commentary was recorded. In today's cast, Ben Wright was Heist, Constance Cavendish was Alma, Lester Sharp was Schomburg, Herbert Rollinson was Davidson, Ramsey Hill was Jones, Whitfield Connor was Martin, and Don Diamond was Wang. Your announcer is Don Stanley. The director of the NBC Theater is Andrew C. Love.
This program came to you from Hollywood. You'll always get the best programs when you set your dial to NBC. Today, for one hour of comedy and mystery, make a listening date with Phil Harris and Alice Fay when they bring you their top-flight comedy show. And then stay tuned for Sam Spade and his private detecting in San Francisco. Be sure to hear them both today. You're tuned for the stars on NBC. NBC.